This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.
yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is Real Talk with Anthony B. And it's your host, Anthony, the man himself, Anthony Beckford. We are here. We're always something every time we try to put on the show. I'm telling you, man, the, the devil knows we're doing great things, trying to stop us from the things that we're talking about and things that we're trying to do out here, you know, with our studio and so forth. But, you know, I was going to... I was going to do a live show um, out in the community, but I was like, nah, you know, something like this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that, you know, I have less distractions. You know, I didn't feel like, you know, listening to people who want to be comedians about the subject. I wanted, you know, people to be very serious about the topic that we were talking about, you know, which is justice for black America, Okay. Justice for Black America. I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, why are you always talking about this type of stuff? I mean, why are you always talking about they need justice? Didn't we give them everything? I'm sorry. What did you give us besides trauma, heartache, pain, you know, intergenerational poverty, and so forth? Why you got to live your best life, you know, off of our struggles? <laughs> our struggles, things that you stole from us, and so forth. And people will say, oh, if, you know, Anthony speaks too strongly about these issues, but if I don't, who will? I'm not here to appease anybody. I'm here to put out the truth for what it is. You know, I'm out here to let, let it be known how myself and many others feel about many of the issues that we are facing in society, in our communities, and so forth. You know, people are going to be like, well, what about everything that y'all have caused? Everything that everything that you feel that we have caused has come based off of what many have brought to us. Okay? But, like, if, we, if we're going to get on that, let's get, down to the, let's get down to the facts of the matter. Let's get down to what's really going on. You know, let's get down to... What what you really feel, you know, if you want to say something, as, as, you know, as you say out here, you know, say it with your chest. You know, don't say it in the dark. Don't whisper it amongst your friends in, in, your, in your yacht clubs and so forth. No, say it with your chest. And that goes for those who are supposed to be aligned with us, but decide that they want to, for opportunity, you know, and, um, and their advancement, you know, not do what they need to do. To be aligned with the people. Can I, can I get an amen on that? You know, it's, it's just real talk at, at this point. You know, it's just real talk at this point. So um, let me check something out real quick. Hold on for me, hold on for me, folks. Uh, I just want to make sure that y'all are hearing me on all angles, all levels. Because I'm actually, I'm actually going to do um, a video of this as well. You know, so um, you know, hold on to me for a second here. Make sure that everybody can hear me. Can y'all hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, we got people in the chat saying that they can. Okay, good, 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 good. You know, so this this is real. This is this is real. What's going on right now? You know, and I got to make sure that on all ends, all matters going forth, that I stay true to to what you know to what my platform is to who I am, you know, and, and to what, you know, to what I am speaking on. You know, I cannot cover any type of falsehoods, you know, and I refuse to. 
I'm telling you right now, I refuse to. Okay, um, today's show again is justice for Black America. Yes, we're going to talking about we're going to be talking about what happens to Jaylan Walker, um, in Akron. Yeah, I used to live out there for a short time, and also to Ralph Yar. And we're going to make sure that at the end of the day, y'all understand, you know, that there there is no more sitting back and sitting quiet. There's no more fear in, in retaliation because if there's, if there's going to be any type of retaliation and so like that, then we're going to have to put a stop to it because we, can no, we can't no longer be living like this. We can no longer be out here suffering, okay? We cannot be out here suffering, okay? And if you want to call in to comment on today's um, show, you can either comment on the live, which is going to be facebook.com uh, slash uh, Real Talk with Anthony B., or you can call into the show itself, which is 563, let me show you the number for y'all, 999-3755. Again, that's 563-999-3755. I'm about to go live for y'all right now online, so I know a lot of y'all are saying that, that y'all want to wanna see me as I talk. So I'm going to do that for y'all real quick. So I figure out how to turn this camera around. <laughs> I forgot how to rotate this camera. Crazy. All right, all right, all right. All right, so we're live right now on a Facebook we were we were gonna do um what should we call it? We were gonna do Instagram as well, but we won't. I'll just probably just share snippets out to Instagram. You know, but no. You know, let's let's be very real about what's going on right now. You know, this this you know, everybody thought that there's gonna be a time where where we um won't have to continue to talk about these issues but we do. I'm going to be very real with that. We do. If we don't, again, we become just as guilty as those who commit the actions against us. To make this brighter for y'all. Okay, there we go. You know, I'm going to be very real about that. You know, we have to stand against what's going on. We have to stand against what, you know, what everybody is telling us that we should or should not do in regards to them wanting us to be complacent, uh, which basically would make us complicit, you know, in the fact what's going on. And we we have to speak. We have to speak truth to power. Okay, let me invite some more people on. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so let me just get let me just get straight to it. And so forth, you know, wasting enough time um, with the technical aspects of everything. So let me just get straight straight down to the facts, to the nitty gritty. Okay, so 
We're talking about Jalen Jalen Walker, right? Um, maybe you may be like, who is Jalen Walker? You know, we never heard his name. To be honest, I heard his name, and what what I found so weird and strange about the matter is is that all of a sudden his name disappeared. There was really no mass marches. Um, there really wasn't any media pickup like there should have been, like there has been with other cases. But I'm, I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis. On June 27, 2022, that was just a few months ago, people, a few months ago, at around 12.30 a.m. in Akron, Ohio, and those who really, really know me know that I lived in Akron, Ohio for about two years. You know, my son and my son, my, um, my second oldest son and daughter were born in Akron, Ohio, okay? Shout out to Brooklyn and shout out to Malachi, you know, but they were born in Akron, Ohio. And around that time, on June 27th, Jalen Walker, who's a 25-year-old young black man, you know, he got a, tra- a traffic stop. He feared for his life because many, if you don't know Akron, Ohio PD like I do and like many other people in Akron, Ohio do, you fear for your life. You don't know what was going on. You don't know what would happen. And I won't go into my story about what happened to me on two occasions right after, you know, we talk about jailing. But he ran. You know, there was a car chase. That still doesn't constitute murder. That doesn't justify murder. That doesn't justify you taking the life of someone, right? And then he starts slowing down. He's like, you know what? I'm slowing down. But now you have all these officers converging on you, and he's still saying, he's like, I have to get someone safe. I have to get home. He runs. He runs. Within seven seconds of exiting his vehicle, his back to these officers, running for his life. I'm going to say this again. He's got a lot of people out there, especially these racist uh, people and these far-right people and these, 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 these delusional moderates and these people out here who love law enforcement more, more than they love the melanin of their own skin or the melanin of our skin and so forth. Literally, within seven seconds, got out the car, and they fired at him more than 90 times, hitting him 46 times. More more than 90, shot at him more than 90 times, hitting him, hitting him 46 times. And I want to do something to you. I, I, I draw great strength from the mother of Emmett Till, right? A lot of people are like, oh, no, why why would she do such a thing as showing, you know, what Emmett looked like with the trauma? But she, see, I don't think I have it on this one here. Oh, y'all lucky. Because I'm about to show y'all exactly what he looked like. As he, matter of fact, here it is, here it is, here it is. I have it right here. I thought I had it right there. Hold on. Make sure I got it on the right one. 
I want, I want to show y'all what this looks like. This, for those, for those who are on, you know, the, the line right now, sorry y'all did not even see this, but if you go, if you switch, to, you know, switch over to Facebook real, real quick, to Facebook.com slash uh, Real Talking Anthony B., this is what happened to Jalen Walker, as has happened to many black youth, black men and women, black children, through the ages. Not just now. This is not new. Since the inception of white supremacy, which is protected by the foundations of a system that built itself up of people who have, who are basically basking in their in, in, in their privilege and their ignorance off of our blood, our enslavement, the murder of our bodies. This is not new to us. That's not new to us, but it hurts, and it will always hurt, because we we deserve better than this. We deserve better than that. And it's like they're like, oh, but why you know, why y'all always talking about this? Why are we always talking about this? You complain about us always talking about this? Why don't you stop doing it? Why don't you start holding these officers accountable? Instead of giving them raises, give them new toys, give them excuses, acquitting them, not holding them accountable for what they do. Everyone, because see, when people look at most of us who speak out against them, like, oh my God, you know, they're anti public. No, they're anti police, so they must be anti public safety. No. There's literally a saying out there that says, we don't get the same protection as you for the police, but we are over-policed. We don't get protected. We end up as hashtags. And some of our own people, some of our own people, Ride on this delusional wave. Or like Malcolm said, that the house slave, which will take on the trait of their master, and that means we, we, we. They love their master more than they love themselves. They master house on fire. They will try their best to put out that fire for them. And risk their lives and they think they matter's lives. For the era of the house slave is done and over with. We're in the era of the Nat Turners, of the Malcolms, of the Martins, of, of you know, of, of all the greatest out there who have fought for us throughout the diaspora. The Marcus Gardens. Throughout the diaspora. And people will think that because you're pro-black, you're anti-others. No. If they can be pro-themselves, why can't we be pro-ourselves? If they have a problem with it, then they racist. If you got a problem with it, 
then you're confused. Let's be real about that. But he murdered General Walker. But that does that. There's more to this, right? There's more to this, right? As they try to demonize Jalen Walker, right? As as the Attorney General. Oh yes, we're going to talk about this. The Attorney General of Ohio, who I'm going to say is a bigot, a racist bigot, like a lot of people, a lot of white people I've met in Ohio. We're going to be very real about that. Very real about that. Because that also goes into what I had to experience out there in Akron, Ohio, okay? The AG of Ohio, Dave Yoss, basically gave a defense. He's supposed to be prosecuting these officers. Gave a defense for these officers to where they did not get indicted by the grand jury. But then when you talk about a jury of your peers in Ohio, guess who that usually is? Backwood racist bigots. Be real about that. Let's be real about that. So there wasn't going to be any justice in the first place. In the first place. Okay? But there's more. There's more. There is more. Let me show you what Akron PD... I don't know if I can play, play it on the phone right now. Akron PD and Summit County Sheriff's Department did to men, women, and children who are demanding justice for jail and being affected. The jury refused to indict. They lost tear gas at them. They, want, they, wanted, they wanted to uplift this, this young man's name, celebrate his life, and they came at them Shot tear gas at King Ryger called in the SWAT team. Sound a lot like New York. What they do to us and what they've been doing to us. We'll call it what it is. But y'all out here giving them raises, giving them new toys, or cutting the funding for our youth, cutting the funding for our seniors. Cutting the funding for our communities that need it because it was taken away from us for so long and given to everybody else. We're going to be true about that. Be true about that. See, I don't like when I talk that talk, but you're going to hear it. Because I am unapologetically an accountability beast. I am unapologetically a public figure that has combated against elected officials who lost their place, who forgot who the hell they worked for. And many of them still forget to this day. They think because they surround themselves with many advisors of people that they are untouchable. No, you are not. The people will shut down this city for justice. We will go to other cities as we have to help them. And they come and help us as well because we're tired of it. We're tired of our elders, of our seniors, the ones we're supposed to respect and cater to and protect being kicked out of their homes. We're tired of our young children thinking that the only way out of this life is death because you've taken everything away from them. 
We are tired of us walking down the street not to worry about we're going to be shot by these officers. We're tired of wondering where the next meal is coming from. We're tired of our parents having to work three to four jobs just to pay this high-ass rent because I want to cater to these damn developers. We're tired. And then you just say that we're angry because you know what damn right we are. Because when you write it, you justify it as we must make a change. When we riot, you justify it as they're wild and out of control. Fuck that shit. Yes, I said it right here and there. Yes, I said it. <sighs> There's even a white reporter by the name of Kristen Anzuini. And I stand well. She out there in Akron on the front line reporting all this stuff. Who are now getting, now getting death threats. One death threat from uh, Alexander Croft. You know how many times they give them the, they put their face names on him because these white, big, and white racist bigots are cowards. But she, but, but this person put rope tree journalists. Now, I've got my, my threats of being hung, so I know this is a hanging threat. And he has this person, the, the name's not showing, but it is another white woman, go ahead, who put that it should be televised worldwide. And I put, I told that journalist that I stand with her. Even if I got to go out to the Akron, Ohio myself. And trust me, those who know me from Akron, Ohio, know I do not play when it comes to our people, when it comes to our communities, when it comes to justice, right? Because who knows if I could have been the Jalen Walker of the past. Two instances in Akron, Ohio. One, when I'm driving my car, 94 beautiful saber. Yeah, it was people called it a beater, but it got me from A to B, and so on like that. I wasn't I wasn't trying to look look lavish. I wasn't trying to show off my money. I just wanted to basically get to work and back. And I'm all matter of fact, I worked a day shift at security. I was on my way to go work as a bouncer at a club called the Vodka Lounge. And many of y'all now clicking like in the Akron High, like oh, the Vodka Lounge, Anthony. Oh, that that's the Vodka Man. Yes. I used to do all the events out there, you know. But what's so crazy is is that I'm driving, right, and I'm and I'm licensed to be armed, you know. And and Ohio lawyers, you, you, the um, your magazine must be out, you know, but must be out of the firearm, and you cannot have a round in the chamber, different than what I used to do in the Marine Corps, like I always stay prepared in the Marine Corps, and you have to, you have to make sure that it's in a lockbox that is locked, and I had that. Cool. But if you run my plate, you're going to see that I'm a Marine Corps veteran, that I'm licensed to carry, yada, 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 right? That there's no criminal charges, there's no open warrants, nothing like this. 
but they decide to pull me over anyway. They don't know what's around me. They don't know what I am, have something like that. I'm just driving, doing nothing, not, not committing any type of traffic violations. I'm driving. I get pulled over. First, I see one police car. By the time I look to my left and right, there are eight police cars basically making a semicircle behind me. And there are over 10 officers with guns pointed at me. And my window is down, right? And all I hear is, get out the motherfucking car before we shoot your black ass. And I am fearing for my life. And when I try to get out the car, I hear, stay in the motherfucking car before we shoot your black ass. <clears throat> you, see, you see what happened there, right? You see what they did there, right? Any which way to justify. Because let's say I missed that second command and I'm getting out on the first command, they would have shot me. It's mind games to justify a shooting to try to make it seem like it's a clean shoot. And I have now three officers who come up to my passenger side window, three officers to my driver's side window, guns within two feet of me aimed at my face. Not at the ready, aimed at my face. I presented no threat. I didn't commit any crime. There was no call about me, nothing. And I asked the officer, what is this about? One of our officers ran your plates and said that your plates are registered in Ohio, but it didn't come back to a driver. What? Where in the DMV does that shit make sense? My plates show that they're registered, so that means their driver registered them. And when you run the plate, it comes up with a name. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I bought this vehicle. I fixed this vehicle. I drive this vehicle, and this vehicle is registered to me. Next question. Do you have any firearms in your vehicle? Matter of fact, yes, I do. If you look right here on top of my console, you're going to see my license to carry for security purposes. I work for United National Security in the morning, and we did a lot of stuff from events to protecting the, the mint, you know, it was printed paper in Ohio, all that type of stuff. We did a lot of executive security, everything. You know, I was up there. I was up there. And at night, I was a bouncer at the vodka lounge, which is three blocks away. Okay, can you hand it to us? I said, officer, I'm not reaching my hand anywhere because you already gave me mixed commands. You're not shooting me today. I said, as a veteran, a United States Corps veteran, I refuse to die this way. One officer said, oh, you're a Marine Corps veteran? So am I. Put your guns away. So am I. Yo, put him away. He's all right. 
Me being a veteran saved my life. But you know how many veterans' lives still got taken by law enforcement? Still? How many veterans were deported by racist grand wizard Donald Trump? Or the sacrifices that we made? Man. Because they didn't see no veterans. They saw a black man. But then I had to ask him, if I was not a veteran, would y'all have just shot me? If you didn't know I was a Marine Corps veteran, if I didn't say that, would you have just shot me? And he laughed and said, have a good day. And I sat there where I pulled over. I sat there. I remember there was a little store right there in the corner. And I sat there, and I'm looking at the light coming out of the liquor store. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking, and you can see the shadows of people looking out the window. I said, damn. What would have been my story? What would they have said about me? What would the people have said? Was anybody recording me? Did this place have cameras? Just on the outside, they can see me, and I'm looking around. And then I just break down and cry. I could have lost my damn life to some racist bastards that many people keep justifying and protecting and making excuses for while our lives are being put six feet under. Our bodies, our families are mourning. Our blood is still soaking this earth. I've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? I remember getting, I remember driving the rest of the way, so I'm in the car driving the rest of the way. And I go from driving that 25 an hour speed limit down to 10 miles an hour, looking over my shoulder. Looking at my case, like, damn, am I going to have to defend myself? And how is that going to look? Because I don't want to die. I've got babies. I don't want to die. I've got a mother and sister that love me. I don't want to die. I've got a family. I don't want to die. <laughs> I remember getting there and walking in, and it's like it's like I zoned out as soon as I walked in, and I remember JoJo, who's the bartender, shaking me, so your aunt, aunt, you all right? Your aunt, you all right? And Mimo, or Mimo, who owned the bar, she came up and she sort of hurt me, and she just hugged me. She didn't know what to hurt so but she just hugged me. And I cried. I was angry, but I cried. And the crazy thing of it all is the fact that I would just been another black man dead. Not talking to you here today. Not doing many of the great things I've done. Not earning all these awards showing all the great work that I've been doing. 
not only the companies. Matter of fact, matter of fact, truth be told, truth be told, my youngest daughter, Harmony, would not have been born because I would have been dead. All the differences I've made would not have happened. All the people who I helped would not have been helped. All the lives I changed would not have been changed at that moment. Reflection is a thing, man. I probably told a few people throughout my life about that incident because it hurts, right? It still hurts, right? I still look at the times when I could have died in many instances, and I'm like, man, God, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Second incident. I get into an argument and I leave. I leave I leave the toxic area I was in. I say no. I need to breathe. I I need to think. I need to process. You know, verbal argument. And I remember being on the phone with a payphone, right there, right across the street from the Baca Lounge. And this is this is hard for me. And the grandmother of my second oldest son and daughter, right, drives by and calls me a porch monkey. While I'm on the payphone with her daughter, conversing with her, we're, we're talking, we're planning, we're reflecting. And while I'm on the phone, a spotlight is behind me within the next few seconds, right? After this woman drives by, I calls me a porch monkey. And I turn around. And there are six officers from Acton PD there. Guns drawn. I didn't even hear them coming. I'm deep in conversation. And all I hear is, get your fucking black ass on the ground before we shoot you. And all I could say was, you see what happens? Do you see what happens? And I even handled the phone. I just dropped the phone. I said, Roxy, you know, you know, had the wire. Remember the phone, those payphones? The payphones had wire. Had the little wire and stuff like that and it's rocking and I get on my knees and they come and I get pistol whip in the back of my head. The back of my head. 
And it's literally it's three weeks later after the first incident. And I said, God, this is how they're going to kill me. Because after they pistol with me, and I fall to the ground, and they literally hogtie me and have a gun to the back of my head, I hear one officer say, yeah, fucking niggas. They could take what's ours. What? 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 And then they lift me up and throw me in the back of the car. And I'm like, what is going on? They're like, we have a report that you pull a gun on somebody. What? The only time I ever pulled my firearm was only when a firearm was pulled on me during one of my jobs or there was a threat in regards to, like, a bomb threat or anything else like that. I never had to shoot anybody because I was always able to either de-escalate the situation or I was able to basically hand-to-hand disarm a person. And <laughs> I remember I'm laying in that police car. I'm like, yo, what's going to happen to me? And I'm praying. And one officer who just pulled up to the scene, this is in front of that car, and says, hey, you know, what's your name? You know, where are you parked? And I said, well, I'm parked behind the vodka lounge. He's like, do you have any firearms? You, I said, I own a firearm. I'm licensed to carry a firearm. I don't like, you know, told him what my jobs are. I said, but my firearm is at home. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, my firearm is at home. He's like, can we search your vehicle? I said, well, I didn't do anything wrong. You can't. I said, but I need to speak to this person across the street. And, he, and he's like, Who? And he, and he basically opens the door for me, and I yell over to one of our regulars from the Rockland Lounge. I say, hey, they're about to go search my car. Watch them as they search my car, please, to make sure they don't put anything in my car. And also, I like, we don't do that. And, of course, I give them this look like, okay, I'm outside in the back of this car, bleeding in the back of my head because you got pistol with me, Right? They, you know, they go back, they go back in the parking lot, the parking lot to search the car. You know, the person's back there watching them and stuff like that. They come back, and then the, the dispatch calls them and says, "This report may be a false report." Just ten minutes later, I could have been dead already. But this report could have been a false report because when we try to call back. The person wouldn't answer the phone, and then we called back again. The person answered and then hung up on us. And I said, I can tell you exactly who it is. I said, if you go to the parking lot right there by by the pet store that got the turtle picture on it, I don't know if that pet store is still there. But there's a woman in there in a car who's the grandmother of my children, she drove past here right before y'all came here, drove past here and called me a porch monkey. Guarantee it was her. 
They send a car over there. Let's say about 10 minutes later, they come back and they apologize to me. They uncuffed my legs. They uncuffed the cuff that was attached to my legs to, to, to my hands on my back. They uncuffed, the, uncuffed my hands. They say, we apologize. Have a good day. But that's trauma. After PD has shown, and I've seen it as well in many instances after that, where they have specifically targeted black people. I even remember there was an incident where one of the patrons of the bar, him and his girlfriend tried to assault me, and I kicked them off the bar. And it, it turned into a real, real physical fight to where I even had a scar at least my arm for a while, for like a few years, because I got bit near my head. And I defended myself. And I remember the officers came from Akron, Akron PD, and they were like, hey, um, saw a guy walking down there, you know, is that the guy? I'm like, yeah, you know, um, you know, bit here, you know, so I defended myself. They were like, yeah, you know, some officers down there questioning him. Yeah, you know, you did a number on him, man, you know, good thing you're safe. He's like, hey, you want us to handle him some more for you? And I was like, what? No. You stupid? The altercation already happened. You don't need to get get your rocks off. But that shows you the mentality. I've seen car stops that were not justified. I've seen them dragging people, harassing people, beating people. I've heard the stories as well from other people. It's real. It is real. It is real. You know, that's why it's important to have representation. It is important to have justice. It is important to have it's important to have a peace of mind. It is important to have somebody that understands your pain or wants to understand the pain to be there. It's also important to have healing, right? And just to have peace. Now, before, before we get on to Ralph, y'all, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a song for y'all, you know, and um, as I as, as I as I start to heal a bit more, and as y'all reflect on the things I've been saying, it's contagious. Yeah. 
Yes, we're back. Real talk with Anthony B. It's your host, Anthony Beckford. And today is Justice for Black America. We call them justice, justice, justice for black America. No justice, no peace. You know, rest in heaven, you know, to Jaylan Walker. You know, and we almost lost another young man, you know, by the name of Ralph Yarl. All right, and let me go into Ralph Yarl real quick. You know, for those who missed, you know, um, what we were conversing about earlier, we were conversing about what happened to Jalen Walker, who was murdered by Akron PD, um, who the murder was covered up by the Ohio um, um, AG, um, Akron PD, and Summer County Sheriff, and so forth. All races, all races. I'm telling you right now, all races. From the city. So, I, you know, I've talked about, you know, um, my happiness and my, my interactions you know, after PD and so like that, and the racism I saw and the near-death experiences I had and all that stuff like that out there. Um, another thing I want to hit on, like I said, is, you know, with um, Jalen Walker, not Jalen Walker, with um, Ralph Yarl, um, who, like, a lot of people are like, hey, like, they're like, hey, Aunt, no, you're not going to speak on this. And what people don't understand is, like, I try to, I take more time to process things now, right? Um, a lot of it because of my own trauma, you know, because of my own experience and these things have me reflect on it. Um, you know, especially after the last brutality that I went I'm, you know, I am a, <laughs> I'm a two-time police brutality survivor, okay? Um, but the last incident, like, they nearly, the NYPD was trying to kill me. It all do was recording what they were doing, you know, which was, them beat up on somebody else, and our SRG officer kept pushing me off of the sidewalk that I was lawfully allowed to be on, public sidewalk, into the street where cars were zooming in, in Times Square. He kept on putting his hand on his firearm. I guess he was looking for altercations to justify shooting me. You know, um, but even after that, like, I was thrown on the ground, knee on my back, knee on my head. You know, my head hit, the, hit the, one of the metal grates that was on the ground. You know, they throw me in the back of the, the paddy without a seatbelt and just driving around and me flying over and so on. But it's, it's a lot. But, you know, that, let's just say, like, I process things differently because I I dissected and break it down more because I, I want to make sure that I don't miss a thing because it's almost like a forensic, um, and you know, yeah, forensic analyzation I do of things now. Uh, right, so that way I, when I come, I come with everything, and I'm able to come with, with, with you know, with hard, not even evidence, but with hard truth. You know, to combat against lies and false narratives that people have against every instance that, hap- that happens to us, and everything like that. But Andrew, I mean Ralph Yarl, on August, I mean April thirteenth, twenty twenty three. That was what? A week ago. You know, 16 years old. Black teenager. Black child still. He was shot twice in the head after ringing the doorbell of a house in Kansas City, Missouri. And the house belonged to a man by the name of Andrew Lester, an old white man, and all Ralph was trying to do was go pick up his twin brothers, 
He went to the wrong address. You know when people come to your door, there's the wrong address. They go, you know, they, you know, you tell them, hey, they have the wrong address, and they go about their way. No, he rang the doorbell, and this white man felt that he could shoot at this black child. He felt he could shoot at this black child, and the police ain't arrest this white man. He got the opportunity to turn himself in. And then he had a nerve to plead not guilty. And then, and then he posted his $200,000 bond. Which y'all want to talk about. We ain't here in New York. We're talking about, oh, the bail laws, the bail laws. You know, we, we need to get rid of the bail laws because criminals are laying up. No, stop all that false narratives and shit. Because when it works for, when it works for you, you're all fine with it. But when a black person has the opportunity to prove themselves innocent or opportunity to not be imprisoned unlawfully or to be detained unlawfully, it's a problem. It's a problem. I'm happy to say that I saw a photo of Andrew Yarrow uh, with Lee Merritt, who's an attorney. Um, and Andrew, Andrew was, was sitting there. He's alive and he's well, but the trauma is real. Like his mother said, it's time when he just sits there because he got to the hospital and buckets of tears come out of his eyes. I feel you. I feel you. This trauma is real. This is what we're getting put through. But many of you, black America, many of you want to fight because you want to choose one political party over another. You want to fight over that crap. That's not our fight. Our fight is to make sure that all these damn political parties adhere to our demands of what we need. What is owed to us. The reparations that need to be put forth for us. Okay? But that's why I call it justice for black America. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go deep, I'm gonna go deeper and further than that. Justice for the black diaspora. Justice for the diaspora. Because so much is happening elsewhere. And we see it. In the UK, in China, you know, in Central America. All the places, even the Carib Islands, how we're being treated in, in our own in our own homelands. I mean, people forgot what, who were their ancestral roots. But yeah, I'm calling justice for black America. And I challenge you all to call it with me. And let's make change happen. If you need to run for political office, do that. Win it. Own it. And give back to the people. If you need to, need to open up a business, do that. Make sure your business is able to give back to the community as well. Hire these youths. Give them opportunities and jobs that are not afforded to them this day and age, but everybody want to complain about the youth being out there. Mm-hmm. We'll keep on with the radio 
with the radio broadcast. We're about to finish the live, so thank you all, everybody who tuned into the live and those who are about to tune into the playback um, and so forth. So, you know, here real quick. But, yeah, justice, 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 justice for black America. of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.